0: This podcast contains conversations about trauma and other challenging subjects, and may be sensitive for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you need resources to get help, please see the show notes. You're listening to Drawn to a Deeper Story. I'm Kath Brew from Drawntoastory.com. I'm an artist who illustrates and educates about marginalised experiences for positive change with a particular interest in identity, belonging and expat life. This podcast is about the lives that challenge us and the difficult conversations around them. It's a place to listen openly, to absorb people's truths and to learn how to show up differently for the benefit of everyone. And that's you included. Today's episode is the last one in series two. This is a listen and look episode, and there's a range of images in the show notes that will help you to immerse yourself in the full experience of today's conversations. And you'll find these at drawntoastory.com slash podcast and go to episode 21. Now, back in series one I interviewed Antonia Rolls about being the parent of an addict. She's an artist, and since our conversation, she's created her second exhibition called addicts and those who love them. Behind every addict is someone traumatized by loving them. And so I went along to her exhibition in Brighton to talk to the people who came. I wanted to hear their reactions to Antonia's powerful paintings and this this was a visceral space where anything could happen and I wanted to create a space within that space for people to express and process what they were feeling.
1: on
0: On the day that we recorded these interviews was the Mackerel Fishing Festival in Brighton. And so as we sat in the fishing quarter galleries with these incredibly powerful stories, of people's addictions and their struggles. We were serenaded by singers from Shoreham, a whole group of men dressed as pirates singing sea shanties. This context to the exhibition added a weird surrealness to it. It was as though everything that we were reading in the exhibition was strangely gilded by the beauty of their voices, when in fact, what you were reading and experiencing was incredibly confronting. I wanted to ask you about your responses really to today's oh, exhibition, what you it, think about
1: it. It was brilliant. I mean, as I walked past earlier on, I was looking at the uh, the picture and I I was due to do something myself here, meeting somebody else, just walked past it and then came back to look at the picture again. And in a way that's a really good, um, you know, advertisement for this (laughs) show, this display, because the whole thing about addicts and those who love them and people forget about the pressures on, on them and you know I was just chatting with Antonio the artist and uh, a number of thoughts from my own experience over yeah. the years and my own experience with others yeah. and it really really a yeah. very good um, show and, and and a good you know and it's good to look at an alternative mm. approach to yeah. the subject
0: yeah, yeah absolutely
2: my name's Ronan and I've had my own personal battles. i lived in Scotland for 20 years. I've got a lot of experience working in mental health and with homelessness and a lot mm-hmm. of people that have been around substance abuses. Yeah. And I've got a lot of really good friends who have had a lot of issues, yeah. like real issues. And what I really enjoyed about the exhibition was just the different people that are involved in, in that type of world, you know, I suppose, um, including family and even just professionals. I think you had mm-hmm. Sir David Knut, a really interesting character.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, so yeah, I thought, it was just—it was a really personable kind of experience, mm. Mm. and it's something I'm really interested in. And it's just totally taken us by surprise mm. today, so yeah. it was really—it
0: yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And as you were walking around, was there anything that came up for you that you didn't expect? I think for
3: me, part of it was that sort of breaking down the barrier of what an addict is, and you know, really yeah. making it very personal, and that. You know, addicts come in so many different mm. guises, and you know, I
0: think you say that word and it has such a negative connotation to yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, for yeah. me, changing people's attitudes, I think, was probably an yeah. interesting part yeah. of it. you're yeah.
1: up on deck, you're a
0: If you could start with your name.
4: Yeah, I'm Bex. I had a, a partner 12 years ago who uh, was uh, an alcoholic mm-hmm. um, and we were together seven years. It was incredibly difficult and I tried to leave for quite a long time but mm. it was a massive struggle and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done um, mm. and it, I very nearly didn't come out alive so yeah, um, yeah I do understand well, it quite well.
0: Yeah, so you, you come into this exhibition with a very different experience yeah. Friend, so. um yeah. yeah I
4: think it's very powerful actually very yeah. very powerful and it just goes to show that it can kind of happen to anyone and all and you know just being a part of that addicts life is mm. it, you know just needs to be kind of recognized as well and it's, yeah. it's nice that that's been recognized here and kind of their stories told yeah yeah um, so you know it was a difficult one but I'm out the other side yeah. and by the seaside yeah, see, so, no. yeah. It's good you kind of have to recognize where mm. your strengths and failings are and I've got yeah. Friends who've been to AA and they've you know survived, and mm. so yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's made me think about you know how lucky I am to be here and able to mm. process the fact that I went through that and I'm inside and I recognise yeah. addiction. This is a parent's
0: letter to a child. So on Boxing Day, after your Christmas spent with the people you call your real family, I received a text from you wanting advice and help. And after meeting you in a cafe, I hear how everything kicked off badly on Christmas night, where your friends all had a punch-up with drink and drugs, and now you are stranded here, dirty, cold, hungover, afraid, unable to go anywhere. I was so distressed to say no to all your messages, pleading to come and sit in our house and be warm. I'm so sorry that you couldn't come home. It would be the worst thing, the worst thing ever. You would have abused it, and me, and everything in it. It would have been chaos, and you would have not gone. You would have taken over, and without you ever having understood anything at all about how your behavior has ruined everything. More control, and more taking me for granted. But it made me see that you are nice and respectful when you need something. When you see that people you say you prefer and are your real family, when they are out of control, threatening, using you and making you afraid to go back to them, then my nice warm house seems wonderful And because I've always been a pushover for you. You think it won't take much for you to make me say yes. I'm weak and stupid to you. It is easy to get what you want from me and manipulate me all the time, taking no responsibility for anything you have done, do and say. I wish I could have taken you home, though, and given you a bath, some food, somewhere to rest and recover. And I know you are recovering from alcohol. I know you are stuck in a cycle of despair and abuse. And I know you are suffering terribly. You are my darling child. It is the worst thing... I have ever had to do to not help and not come to you when you feel so dreadful. It is because it never works. You never do feel any better. You take all you can and feed it into this gaping black hole of need and unresolved pain. And you don't even notice what has been offered to you. It's more important that you keep yourself the way you are in pain, addicted, stuck, victim, because then you don't ever have to look at yourself and at your choices, and take the risk to face them all. It is more painful to look at yourself than it is to remain at risk of total destruction in the life you are living at the moment. I will end here. I keep checking on Facebook to see if you are okay. I've been of no help to you ever. I was never strong when I needed to be, never truthful when I should have been, and not consistent with my ways of dealing with you. I don't blame you for being so angry with me, but I do wish you were in my life, living nearby, where we can have a wonderful time seeing each other and being friends. I love you, Mum. Kiss, kiss.
2: Uh, My name's Julian and I come from Hampshire and I I had a son, Edward, um, who died in 2016 from um, a drug overdose. We don't think it was suicide, but he had a problem with addiction to drugs mainly cannabis and, and I believe cocaine was involved and had some psychiatric problems also drank a bit too much and um, unfortunately his mother and myself couldn't seem to help him no, no matter what we did and he had a fairly normal upbringing he's got a sister right, my daughter who was brought up exactly the same who never really i um, not saying she's perfect but uh, yeah, yeah, she was. No, no, she's, she's happily uh, two kids and I'm a granddad and yeah. all, all fine but um, yes, it was probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. So I was affected by someone who couldn't seem to control yeah. his appetite or addiction for um, um, recreational drugs. And um, uh, yeah, it was just, just hell, really. Yeah. <laughs> there we are.
5: Yeah.
0: How did you feel coming in here? and seeing? Well, this... I was
2: interested um, to read some of the uh, lines that are written on, on the wall here and the and the uh, art and it made me um, think that everything written here and I've read is extremely true yeah, um, yeah I'm sort of you never get over losing someone like that, especially my son but I, I can handle it now but reading this I've, you know you you think oh well, why why did it happen and I don't know I can't answer it, you, know, you know you know life which uh, tragically you know was cut short by yeah. addiction yeah. terrible yeah. You know. the impact hard. to be fair uh, it wrecked my marriage and i mean i'm not competent a, a total blame on that obviously but it didn't help things and unfortunately i went through a divorce and uh, um yeah it made me change my whole outlook on life it, if there's any good to come out of it to help me it made me get a Different perspective of life and how life is worth living. You don't want to have an adult brain all the time, uh, and uh, you know, try and live a, a reasonably healthy life. Now yeah, there yeah, we are, yeah. But I think what you're doing is so worthwhile. Fantastic.
6: My name's Anusha. I was drawn to this because of my own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so and my my I, my father was um, a heroin addict for predominantly all of my life, mm. um, and then I had my own issues with like alcohol and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, up until probably about four years ago, so I've just kind of really, yeah. I was just saying to the lady that um, mm. it's nice to see this exhibition being displayed from a perspective of the connections to the people that have got the addiction, rather than we always see the words are oh, you know, addictions are um, not a disease; it's an illness." and mm you know then people say oh well you know if I don't if I'm not doing that why are they doing that and I don't have no time for people like that and all that kind of stuff and it's just so much deeper do you know what I mean it really
5: is yeah
6: but I was just saying you know you may not be the user mm. but the connection that you have with that user you go through that journey with them yeah, do you know you what I mean and that's not, like yeah. and I think I, I don't know so correct me if I'm wrong yeah. Um, but if there needs to be some more support mm. from that aspect, mm. you know. There's loads of rehabilitation, yeah, there's the loads of recovery yourself. for the person themselves, but what about yeah. people that are going through it yeah. because they don't want anything to happen to them, so they give mm. in, they give in, they give in, mm. you know. I, I I know people that have had to move areas to, to, to get mm. away from that yeah. constantly asking for money and all of yeah. that sort of stuff, and yeah. they'll go for whatever lengths they're going to go through to yeah. get what they need, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it's just devastating to watch, but mm. it's their journey and yeah.
0: And as the day went on, it became very apparent at just quite how many people had been touched and affected by addiction. My partner of a very long time has had addiction problems since he was very young. Well, it feels raw, but also it's kind of like looking back on memories as well. It's, it's, yeah. it's weird. <laughs> so how did you feel coming in when you, when you saw the poster? and how did
5: Like that feel? someone was accepting.
0: My name's Julie. Julie, right. And what brought you to the exhibition today? My friend knew about it and suggested we came. Before you came here, did you have any thoughts about what addiction meant, what you thought it was? Yes, I suppose so. I haven't got any real personal experience.
7: I do have a friend who left her first husband because he was addicted to gambling. Mm -hmm. And uh, she gave him a second chance and and that didn't work. And she was, you know really upset because she didn't want to leave him she loved him but Mm. she couldn't help him and he would have lost everything if she'd stayed yeah yeah, actually another friend whose mother was alcoholic so yeah um just feel incredibly lucky myself not Mm. to have been touched Mm. by Mm. it
8: absolutely yeah my name's jane i'm from weymouth and i think it's something that's touched all our lives in some way whether it's a friend an acquaintance a family member and that's certainly the case with me So coming in today then, how did you feel? What were your emotional reactions? Initially I was attracted by the art because I saw the boards and the promenade and so it was the art, the, the, the quality of the art there and then it was the, it was the combination of the art with the words and yeah. the stories of the, the, the different people in the paintings and the, the, the photography that, yeah. was, that was very powerful. Yeah.
0: What are you taking away from today? Is it triggered anything in you to, to do something differently or just deepens thoughts? Well, I've come with my mother.
8: Um, I'm in my 50s, my mother's in her 70s. And we've left talking about my father and his uh, little addictions and uh, mm. whatever you want to call them as well. And so that's made us talk more about that. And mm. also um, it, it's made me think about it someone we know about my Mm. my sister who isn't here today and her friends and his Mm. addictions so and maybe thinking how we can move forward with that
0: Mm. here at the exhibition with Antonia Roll's work and also Michael McAllister. Michael McAllister's is a series of photographs of him as a child as a small boy with words placed over them words from from him describing the inner space that he is holding and I'll read a few to you here 2nd of July 1986 smashed up the restaurant last night got in this morning thinking that the place had been burgled Phoned Marie to get her to come a bit earlier. She says she's not coming back. Says I'm a maniac. Have no recollection at all. 10th of November, 1993. Woke up, glanced out window. Someone's nicked the car. Phone work, gonna be late, the car's been nicked. The car's in the hotel car park. Crawled to the loo, skin up on the loo. Spliff on the loo, throw up down the loo skin up again on the loo second spliff on the loo hangover now more manageable fix hair apply bronzer typical morning routine these words are placed as i said on the picture of a small boy beautiful combed hair smiling beautifully dressed looking up hard to imagine when you see this picture to think that this is then the reality of somebody's life. 15th of January 1994. Am now buying my blow from paramilitaries downstairs. One of them holding a gun and looking like a wanker. They've sold me GAC, but I'm certainly not going back to complain. Hit something with the car last night, and assuming it was a tree. Number plate is lying somewhere between here and the hotel. Can't find it. Big V shaped dent at the front. 3rd of April 1997 What is it with these people having two drinks then going on to water or coffee? It's really bloody annoying wasting alcohol like that. Like sex without the orgasm. I'm now attending Humans Anonymous too. It's a new one. As well as AA, NA, MA and NIC anon. Pray, Michael, pray. Keep praying. Be humble. Be grateful. Behave. Conform. Comply. Accept. 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 God loves a trier. It's interesting looking at these photographs because there's this beautiful picture of this little boy then with these words that are so simple but actually really compound you to enter into another space. It takes you places that actually really starts to help you understand on some level, some minute level, of what being an addict must be like. And God knows from looking at these it's a painful place. It's the last one. 7th of May 2001. Maybe it's not a disease. Maybe I'm just undisciplined and greedy. Immature and wayward. With spliff and drink I'm carefree and pain-free and worry-free and blissfully happy and content and at peace with myself and all around me even if it only lasts for that first hour or so until madness inevitably takes over and I'm off Running, mock, and creating havoc. One minute, striding into the bulldog, thinking I'm God's gift. Next thing, crippled with self-loathing. And before you came into this exhibition, had you personally or anyone you know have had experience of addiction?
3: Uh, yes, I personally um, heroin addict for uh, three years, really. Well, yeah. Pretty well, well. rock bottom. Um, yeah waking up in in sort of doorway kind of bottom
0: so and with that experience knowing what you've come in with then how did you feel about coming into the exhibition were you what kind of emotions came
3: up it's good yeah that resonates you know it's it's the especially the bits where the support it's nearly impossible without support because you just feel so bad what's stopping you going and scoring. yeah my name's Roxy
5: and I live in Brighton and I was walking past the exhibition and the large banner that said the word addicts drew me in because I myself am a recovering alcoholic and so <laughs> the exhibition poster stood out like a sore thumb <laughs> so it naturally drew me in because it's a huge part of my journey um, recovery from alcoholism and and substance abuse yeah.
0: So you, you very, I mean compared to some other people that I've interviewed who like no experience at all, you come in with a very, very different yeah. headspace, emotional space, so how did you feel coming into it? Were you nervous to come in and see it? I wasn't
5: nervous, um, but um, you know, reading some of the texts on some of the paintings, you know, it, it's quite moving and it's quite emotional because it's very close to home. I am a child of an alcoholic, um, my mother is still still suffering alcoholic and I'm six years sober Fantastic. and so you know looking at these paintings and the emotion in the written words it's um, very moving because it's um, I know that reality mm. really well mm. um, having been raised in that environment and also um, still working a program to stay mm. sto- sober one day at a time. Yeah. I truly believe that alcoholism and addiction is an illness, just like Mm. mental health. Actually, the two go hand in hand. You know, people who suffer from mental health or trauma, their solution is is alcohol and drugs. Um, And, yeah, it's really refreshing to see this exhibition, um, you know, for people to be educated more Mm. in the pain and suffering and the joy in recovery, um, because this is a silent, um, silent disease and Mm. it's a killer one and there needs to be more awareness around the impact on people's lives, um, how it takes so many lives, um, the impacts on people's mental health and their upbringings, if they're raised in an alcoholic home. I mean, it's just, it's like a domino effect. Mm. So... I'm just really excited to see this exhibition. A wonderful, perfect town for it to be in. Brighton is considered, you know, very debauched, and (laughs) it's a wonderful place to come and party and lose yourself, but it's also an incredible place to get sober and clean. Mm -hmm. Um, There are over 60 AA meetings a week in Brighton and that's not including other 12-step fellowships Mm. and obviously loads of support services Mm. um, run for nothing by Mm. charities and the government Mm. so you know we are so lucky in this Mm. town that if you want recovery it's here yeah it's the place to be yeah
9: yeah my name's Wayne and I came here today because I've got personal experiences with the exhibition it was really really interesting to see the survivors thoughts and also people Mm. I love the idea you know we talk about the addict but we don't talk about the people yeah supporting them and helping them. Like my mum, my family, I nearly destroyed them. And it's really, really good to see both sides Mm. and highlight, you know, that it's such a ignored. Mm. We just write people off and I wasn't written off. And I'm here being a fabulous life again. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. and the stories, you know, I didn't go the way I did for choice. Mm. You know, bullying, heartache, Mm. being gay. Mm. All had this tapestry of becoming yeah. feeling self worthless and yeah. destructive, and losing yeah. my dad. Yeah. and if people are kinder and spoke more, we wouldn't go down these yeah. levels of heartening yeah. ourselves yeah. so much. Yeah,
0: and in reality, that could be any one of us, anyone of like, us. like we're all this far, anyone like tiny of little Yeah,
9: yeah, addiction's very isolating. You yeah. lie, you steal, yeah. you take drugs to lie to yourself you're feeling better yeah so yeah the whole isolation thing and once you break out of that and you see that you know if we helped more mm. or understood more spoke more yeah. even even little things if you've had a bad day get off your yeah. chest talk yeah. yeah you know find peace with yourself yeah and stop all this judgment and homophobia and racism mm. and bullshit you mm. know just like if yeah. we were more freer and kinder to each other we wouldn't feel so isolated and hence this yeah. pattern of Abused, yeah. Yeah.
7: My name is Bex. I realise, actually, probably only since coming to the exhibition, mm. that my life has been full of addicts. Mm. And um, interestingly, I've just moved out of a house with addicts. Mm. Um, my landlady's son is seven years into a crack cocaine addiction, mm. and she went away because she couldn't, couldn't cope with it anymore. Yeah. And I found that I was standing in for her. He was bursting into the house, speaking to me in the way he spoke to her. And I thought, oh, on one level, this is flattering. You see me as part of the mm-hmm. family. But actually, I'm neither your mother, your sister, or your lover. No. And I'm seeing the chaos you're creating no. for all of those people around you. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to take that on. No. And the exhibition also causing me to look at my own addiction, which is smoking. Mm-hmm. And um, whilst I know in the hierarchy of addictive substances, it's probably quite benign, but I'm recognizing that my desire to smoke in my home drew me to completely the wrong place. And so um, one of the things that everything in this exhibition shows me is that the opposite to addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. And um what I'm yeah. recognizing is my desire to smoke stops me interacting with children, with other people wow. that I would really gain from mm. interacting okay. with. That's so quite
0: a realisation. Yes. Isn't
7: it? So it's it's filled me with yeah. hope and moved into a non-smoking house. Yes.
0: Good. Yes Good for you. <laughs> And also at the exhibition we have a handmade quilt that's called Stitch Away the Stigma. It's a creative campaign for those affected by the substance use or gambling of a loved one. And it's created by a York-based textile artist called Natalie Needham. It's a quilt stitched together with words on it. And I'll read you a few of them because they take you to a place that's different. I am traumatised by your need to make me responsible I'm not. I still hope for a miracle. You broke me. You broke my heart beyond repair. Yes, I still love you. How is that possible? Drugs are not killing you. They're killing me. It's your addiction. Yet I have so much guilt. I'm tired of walking on eggshells. You don't remember. But I can't forget. I grieve for the lives you could have lived. Why? Why am I not enough? This is one of the things that has come through with being at this exhibition is talking to people and people being aware of the power of addiction and how, for the people that love them, all you can do is love them. But actually, is it enough? There's this very strong line that runs through all these things of how powerful that addiction is and what it means that that is the main thing in someone's life. And it is their their vice, their addiction, their illness, their disease, they're all these things that keep pulling them away from the people that love them or towards them when they're useful. But it's also incredibly isolating for those who are in it and also those who are watching it happen. And a
1: treatment, sure, it took some bearing. And I used to sleep standing on my feet as we hunted for those shoals of heron.
0: You've obviously now just come up out up of the next, exhibition. What was your main feeling as you were going around?
3: I say my main feeling is that it's shocking that alcohol is still legal in today's society when. You see how destructive it is. It's Mm. just as destructive as all of the other drugs out there. So why is it legal because it's socially accepted and and the other Mm. drugs aren't when it causes just as much pain Mm. in people's lives.
0: Mm. Yeah. And did you have any thoughts about addiction before you came in or any personal experiences?
3: Yeah, I've got a few personal experiences. I know people that are struggling with addictions. Myself I'm really trying to stop drinking alcohol but I find you know I find it difficult because of that social pressure. Um luckily my my wife's in that journey with me at the same time so we're supporting each other to try and stop drinking alcohol but um yeah, I mean I think addiction is something that touches everybody. I mean, you know, there's there's always hope in the stories that are in there as well, but Mm. nothing is as black and white as what anybody ever thinks that it is. You know, there's always a a deep-rooted story behind someone's addiction, and I think we all need to be a bit more caring and open to to understanding why someone is suffering with addiction, rather than just putting the blame on them, which is, I think, what happens a lot in our society.
10: So I used to work for a homelessness charity, I always forget how you word it, Um, and to be honest that sparked a lot of changes in me in terms of how I viewed people, whether it was addiction or whether it was circumstances that brought them to that, Um, so I I wouldn't say necessarily it's changed my views, but it's made me able to engage again with the stories behind addiction yeah, I think so it's stories. interesting exactly yeah. I think seeing the people behind those stories is, is very interesting and I think that's probably good for a lot of people because yeah. that was the thing there were an awful lot of people when I first started working for the charity I was working yeah. for I met and the one comment that came back to me from the the kind of management of the charity was we love how you work with them because you don't treat anyone differently and I said but you don't I said I'd uh, for me a person is a person yeah their life is their life. I d I don't even need to know what's behind that.
0: What are you leaving with? What's your big takeaway from today? I think it's
10: it's definitely there are people behind the addiction. I think mm. that that's obviously I I think what's interesting is adding the element of the loved ones. Mm. So I think it's taking away the fact that there are people behind those yeah. with stories yeah. rather than oh they're addicted to booze, they're addicted yeah. to drugs.
5: Yeah. So. Yeah.
11: No fantastic thank you very much my name's victoria and i've been aware of various issues through my work because i've been a community artist and a mental health support worker Mm -hmm. for a while so yeah yeah, it's been really clear that it's you know we live in a a really chaotic Mm. difficult world and you know these traumas get passed down generationally Mm. and you know People are kind of carrying the, the buck, really, for, yeah. for the way that we live, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And what, in from those experiences of you with work, as you've walked around, what's come up for you? What's been particularly apparent as you've
11: looked at these pictures and seen people's stories? Well, the bravery, really, you know, it's, it, the courage that people have. And, and at such young ages, as well, you know, I was really touched at a couple of the stories. The very young people who are having to deal with with parents. When you leave today, what are you going away with? Has it changed your
0: view on addiction, or how are you, how are you feeling as you leave today?
11: I think it has changed my view on addiction. Yeah, um, I find it really hard as a parent to put myself in in those children's positions. Mm. You know, they are. You know, a lot of the people here are having grown up with with parents with addiction. They're very forgiving. Um, mm. And I think that's a wonderful thing, you know, and I think that's something that I can learn from. Mm. There is a big judgmental part of me which comes out and says, that, you know, you should never mm. treat people like that. But then, you know, you never know what agony somebody
5: is in.
0: It's not nice to wake up and find that you were threatening or fighting with strangers, let alone friends. I started to realise I was frightening people. All the intimate relationships I had ended due to my drinking. And ever since I started, it was always to get as drunk as possible, as extreme as possible. After taking Valium very heavily, my brain would switch off, but my body would still function. So I would be operating without any sense or reason I had always drunk too much, but now I was bigger and stronger. My behavior became more of a danger to myself and others. This painting with my face smashed in is just what happens when you push your luck so far, the world pushes back. I was wearing a jumper I got from a police station because I was walking in the rain in nothing but jeans. One minute, I'm okay. Next minute, I'm running riot. I've always just gone around in a circle with drugs, I seem to take them whenever I'm happy or whenever I'm sad, to celebrate or console. And after a while I realised it's just a habit. Drinking really took itself to another level in my 20s and I would wake up in increasingly random places or situations. Drinking was a compulsion and I often just used to turn nasty or aggressive all of a sudden, losing hours or days of my life and it being an accepted thing in those around me. Not knowing how or what you've harmed yourself or someone else. Lying about your drug use or hiding it. Apologising on a Sunday or moving out just gets exhausting. It's hard to understand the nuances when the argument comes down to alcohol versus drugs. There's a lot that differs. Stopping the Valium was hard as I was always in a cycle to get off them. Booze or blues. I know I've done some damage I get mood swings quite a lot I made a lot of mistakes and blamed them on alcohol or drugs but it was still me who did those things upset people or just embarrassed myself but I've always overdone it and caused problems some drugs taken the right way can expand your mind and your understanding of them and the world and taken wrong can insulate you and lock you away from it There's a huge difference between being the life of the party and the one who overdoes it every time. It really does tire you. I'm very closed off now. I don't want to involve myself in people's lives again. In case I make a fool of myself again. I carry a lot of guilt and shame, but I just try and be a good person now. And thank the universe, I'm still safe, free and well.